Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 108. Now today I speak to the Australian bass player Tal Wilkenfeld. Tal's had an amazing career. At age 14 she started playing guitar really had a quick connection with the instrument and by the age of 16 she had relocated to the United States to continue studying. Pretty early on over there she switched over to bass and uh, within a few years was playing gigs with people like Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Mick Jagger, uh, jamming with the Almond Brothers, touring with Herbie Hancock, putting out her own fusion solo album, uh, shows with Wayne Krantz, just an amazing career which keeps unfolding. Tal joins us today to talk about her latest album, Love Remains, which sees her stepping up to the mic. And uh, she's a fantastic singer. The songs are brilliant and the band performances are awesome. So it was a lot of fun to catch up and talk about the record. Let's go straight to the interview. Here we go. Hi, Tal. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, going really well. Welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Now, we are from your hometown of Sydney, so it's nice to have a Sydney sider on the phone, um, albeit from the other side of the world. <laughs> you can make it sound like I'm right there, though, right? Just tweak a couple knobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's it. Just tweaking. Tweaking right now, in fact. <laughs> hey, um, congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> congratulations on the new album. That sounds fantastic. Bang. It must be great to have the album out um, in the wild after after such a process. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big relief for me, and uh, I really feel like the the surge of creativity again. You know, like once you put something out there, uh, you you can't do anything yeah. about it. You just gotta gotta you know let it do its thing. So it's it's quite freeing actually. That's awesome. Now, this is your first full release since your Transformation album, which was released back in 2007. And for anyone who's followed your career, we know for a while you've been um, working in a really different direction to that first record, um, working a lot more indie rock and uh, becoming more of a front front person and a, and a songwriter. Um, when did when did the process for Love Remains start for you? Um. I would say I first started writing for it maybe maybe about five years ago. Um, it's it's been it's been a gradual process because um, I made this album myself. Like I funded it myself and everything. And so when I started the process, I would write and then go and tour and play with other people and come back and do some more and then you know record. You know, there were big breaks in between while I, I put it all together, and then, um, and then when I when I finished recording it uh, at the end of uh, 2015, I, I sent it to Pete Townsend, and uh, I ended up going on the road with the Who in 2016, and then. Uh, and then at, at the end of that year, I I had to take some time off because I lost I lost quite a lot of friends in a very short window of time, and uh, and then 
once I once I felt like I had recovered from that, I uh, I went back into figuring out how I was going to release this album, and I was, it's been quite a long process as a as an indie artist. But now I, I'm supported by CMG, which is really really nice. Thanks to Julian Lennon who connected us. So it, it's really it's really great. I feel so great uh, about this whole thing now. But it definitely was a lot of work and a lot of ups and downs. I bet. And, um, yeah, it's a very personal, uh, there's some very personal chapters on the album as as well. You really you really put yourself out there. Can I ask, when you your, your band opened for The Who, um, I guess you got to road test a lot of these songs. Did playing these songs in a live environment um, change the arrangements or the energy or the direction of the songs in any way? I think the songs have... Um I've changed in some way from uh, being on the road, uh, but the album was cut before I went on the road. So you're not hearing those okay. changes on the record, but there there are live recordings on YouTube of me with the band live, and, it, you know, we, we play them. Well, it's different musicians as well, so it's just a different approach. I don't really like to tell a musician to play like some other musician, like... I like to let mm-hmm. musicians be their own voice. So it's more about when I'm selecting musicians to play my music that they have, you know, the versatility to play various styles of music because my music's been influenced from anything from rock to, to jazz to folk, you know, and just making sure that the, that the musicians are... Um, inspired by the various genres that I'm influenced by and know how to improvise but also know how to play for a song. Like, that's really important and mm-hmm. it's a tough combination, I found, to find. You know, like, a lot of the times, like, uh, improvisational musicians can tend to not really enjoy playing parts and then some musicians who play, you know, a lot of parts might not enjoy improvising as much it's like it's you know it takes a certain kind of musician that really enjoys doing both and and that even when they're they're improvising they're they're still uh playing for the song sure yeah well one, one thing i loved about the album there are some really long um songs that really unfold over time like corner painter or hard to be alone or haunted love and then you've got these more concise songs like i guess love remains or Fistful of Glass, where I guess the, or for the album at least, the form um, is more of a straight-ahead pop form. But then you've got, yeah, those those bigger songs that tend to unwind. So that would, I guess, um, absolutely require that sort of player that, that you're mentioning. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about the tracking. I, I, I think I've heard in another interview that you tracked a lot of the album live. Was Is that true? Yeah. The whole thing was uh, pretty much a live performance um there were some small overdubs but the bulk of it is is live performance there's some um great moments in a track like hard to be alone it really feels like the band is going hard at it, especially in the solo it's a guitar solo i guess but it feels like a band solo because the <laughs> the bass and drums are, are rocking it's like a power trio at stages that's really fun yeah i i think um I uh, when I when I first moved to New York when I was a teenager, I started 
I started playing with Wayne Krantz a lot, and Wayne Krantz was yep. one of my biggest musical influences. And I um, got into the habit back then of 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 doing group improvisations. Like he he was very big on like nobody is soloing, but everybody is soloing. Yeah, yeah, wow. And we just having like a musical conversation it's like a musical moment like nobody needs to like it's not just all about one person and and i i've always kept that with me and then when i played with Toby hancock and wayne shorter they they had a similar way of approaching uh solo sections where it's just like group improvisation just like a group conversation and so, you know, I've spent enough time with my band now um, where they understand that that's what I enjoy, right? uh, as opposed to, like, let's have this backup band that plays behind this solo that has this peak that goes like yeah, this, sure. da, da, da. It, uh, it can be very unpredictable, yeah. like, when we're live, we'll go all over the place, and, and that's what's so fun about it. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I really enjoy that. <laughs> The front half of your career, I shouldn't say half, the, the, the early stages of your career is really well documented. So you've worked with people like Jeff Beck, um, you've been in the studio with Prince and Herbie Hancock. What, what is working with people like that? What do you bring from that now that you're leading your own band? Well, I think it's the, it's the opposite. I wish I had known then what I know now about how hard it is uh-huh. to lead a band. Like it's it's there's so much work and it's a lot of pressure and responsibility and I think that uh, as a sideman back then I took that for granted. Um, just think and and I and I wish I could go back and be like wow like I would have so much more empathy for them <laughs> because it's it's really like a lot of work. Not that it isn't like the most amazingly fulfilling thing, but it's also just so much work. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do wish I'd known that then. But uh, in terms of, like, musically, like, um, I think that, like, uh, the, the, the biggest things are, are hard to articulate into words because, you know, when you have a musical conversation with someone, you tend to pick up on nuances uh, in their vocabulary, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously. But, you know, then obviously... You could be, make them conscious and decide whether they want to continue to be a part of your vocabulary or not. Um, and so, you know, when you're having conversations with people on uh, that level, it's uh, you're only you're picking up really <laughs> very uh, very nuanced things. I, I can't really articulate it. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, so much of it is unspoken. Um, but yeah, that's that is re- that's very cool. I think you learn patience too. Okay, so as a sideman or as as a band leader, how do you mean? Just as an experienced musician, you just yeah you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I know it's a catchphrase, but take your time. Like you just yeah you don't you don't feel the need to say everything all at once. Like you just the more you you play with these seasoned players, you just realize that they really knew how to be patient and just take their time and say what they need to say, yeah, and that's it. Okay. Now, don't say too much. Your your development as a bass player, the, again, it's it's well discussed, so it, it seemed to be very quick. You seemed to have a real affinity for music once you finally picked up a guitar and then a bass. Um as a singer, was your development a similar thing? Was it a similar story to get your, your vocal instrument into shape? I, I don't know that I have. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I'm my, my own worst critic. Uh, I mean, singing uh, is something that, like, everybody does, right? Like, everybody can open their mouths and sing. Sure. And so it's it's different to, like, you know, you, you don't just pick up a guitar and know how to, you have to sort of learn how to move your fingers and then you can speak through a guitar. But anyone can open their mouth and sing. So it's, it's, it's easier to not train yourself as a vocalist, you know, whereas you can't escape it as, as an instrumentalist. You have to put in some work. So uh, it's hard to compare those two. Okay. Um, and I would say that, Vocally, it, it vocally it's it's more about um, being comfortable in your own voice because everyone has their own voice. Everyone has their own talking voice and therefore their own singing voice. And a lot of people hide their own singing voice, like they sort of overly affect it and whatnot. But if you just naturally sing, mm-hmm. you'll have your own sound. And so it's just about like sort of becoming comfortable with that and knowing um, parameters around that. And then I think the most important thing is, like, well, what are you singing about? Like, what are you actually saying? And how do you want to say it? And that's when, like, the storytelling comes in and, and lyric writing, which is something that really does take time to hone that craft. And obviously there are people that... Uh, more uh, naturally gifted than others, but you know, a lot of reading helps and reading poetry. That takes time. Tell there's some beautiful bass moments on the record. The this tune Haunted Love has a beautiful accompaniment. It's almost guitar like.
baritone guitar or something. Um, and I uh, sort of influenced by by folk music and jazz music and classical music at the same time. You know, like the form of it is is influenced by classical and that it keeps sort of like uh, moving into new sections and changing keys and time signatures. It's not a very traditional form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so jazz-wise, harmonically a little bit, but... Um, Folk-wise, just in that, uh, like some of my favorite, like folk or blues songs, you know, they'll add like a beat or take away a beat, like if that's what the story or the melody needs. You know, like like they, they always joke about like Lightning Hopkins playing a twelve and a half bar blues because it's just like, well, whatever yes. the, yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. story <laughs> guides you, and um, so. I like to use that mentality in general with all my songwriting, but it's it's quite evident in that song because it's just moving all over the place. Very cool. Well, tell, I need to let you go, but thank you so much. It's been um, it's been great to hear the album. I'm, it's on high rotation, and um, it's great to talk to you about it as well. All right, thank you. All right, all the best. See ya. See you in Sydney soon. All right, there you go, Tal Wilkenfeld on the show, people. That was pretty cool. And, uh, man, she is absolutely crushing it on the world stage. It has been for some time. The album is Love Remains. Please check it out. There are some links in the show notes for you to have a look at. My thanks to BMG and also to Chris Marrick of Marrick Media. Now, Chris runs a great PR company, does a lot of record label stuff as well. And he's helped us get a lot of big names on our show over the last three years or so that we've been running. And I just want to let you know, Chris is heading to the UK in June for his third heavy metal truants charity ride, which is a major event where he and a bunch of music industry professionals will be cycling over 300 kilometers to raise money for children's charities in particular the Nordoff Robbins organization which does some really great music therapy work I'm I'm aware of their work in Australia and uh, they have a, a UK chapter so there'll be some links in the show notes to that as well if you'd like to check out what Chris is up to and consider supporting his fundraising there All right, almost time to go. Remember, you can always head over to guitarspeakpodcast.com to find links to our social media or how to subscribe to the show, how to buy a T-shirt, all that kind of stuff. All right, my name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. I love it that you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. Bye now.